Susan Hedgehogs talking it out. Oxygen. <laughs> you know, I, I like that. I like that. Every time someone mentions one, we I'm like, just oh. About the Beatles. Nice tie-in. Yeah, the Beatles. I, I'm actually just out of coincidence doing something for the Beatles coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm by no, not. I'm by no means even an expert at it. I just, but I, the guys down there, they like my Jersey Shore song, and they actually know I, I do a pretty good Bruce tribute. But um, they're like, hey, you want to come do a Beatles tribute with us down in Philadelphia uh, on the radio down there, classic rock. So awesome. Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so I've been working on on that. Actually, this morning I was working on some songs, Beatles songs. Which songs are you working on? Ah, well, Strawberry Fields, um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Imagine, um, In My Life. Um, I like that one. And, I like uh, Imagine, too. Yeah, and, and a, a few others. There's a song that I, I wrote based on Imagine that um, I recorded, and I, I'm thinking I might re-record it again uh, oh, with Thomas that's called Dreaming of a Better World, and, and just to have another version that maybe it'll really work. That's dope, man. Yeah, that's, that's that sounds exciting. Yeah. So, do you, do you do music yourself? Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I. I write music. Nice. Um, and I sing. Nice. I. But I I, I play trombone. Oh and wow! I da- and I dance. Nice. If if you're ever bored and you're on the internet, when does that ever happen? Um, just Google dancing trombone, and, dancing you'll trombone. Bunch, and you'll see a bunch of stuff that I've done on TV, um, these different TV shows and stuff, but, uh, oh, wow. but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like my, my calling card, but I, I'm in the process of reinventing myself. I'd like to do more singing and acting. So nice. That's where I'm at in my life. A reinvention period. Nice. Take Thanks, man. That's why I like to have John here because he's like our, uh, He's our resident um, vaudeville act, novelty act. Nice. Hey, hey. I don't like that to word. To coin a phrase. No, anyway, I'm just I mean, it, it is the title of my book. <laughs> it is the title of my book. It's good. It shows I, I know how you feel because that's what I did on – I was on this cruise ship gig, and pretty much they, they kind of make you feel like you're uh, you're a uh, – you know – you're, you're a novelty. Yeah, they make you feel like you're a novelty. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in a good way, or well, in a way that's like that sort of makes you feel like you, you know, they they they're a basically just like using you. As oh, a, that's not as too much. Like, well, I mean, that's what it is on those cruise ship gigs. Mm. You're kind of like everybody's partying, and you're kind of like the the special sauce in their party mix. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what what's the uh, sauce in Rick and Morty that? That uh, oh, Saskatchewan or I don't know, but it's like any, any Rick and Morty fans in, in this group of no. three right here. Uh, only I, only me I only because I, I I shut off my, our cable when I got Hulu. I mean, I got Netflix and um, Amazon Prime. Okay, so okay. So you won't see Rick, Rick and Morty. Me. There's a, an episode where he just he just mentions this sauce that um, McDonald's had for their nuggets that they discontinued, but they brought it back because of the popularity of the show in that episode. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was like in, I guess it was like the late '90s. It was called like I don't want, I want to say Saskatchewan sauce, but I think it's Saskatchewan. I, I I can't even say that word. What sauce is that called? Saskatchewan Saskatchewan sauce. Okay. Well, is that the? Am I using the right word for I, the flavor? It, it, might, it, it might be the name of the sauce. Saskatchewan's the province in Canada. Right. Saskatchewan no, sauce. And I think the Szechuan might be Japanese, but I don't know. <laughs> Is it called Szechuan? It might. I, that sounds familiar. That might be, but that might be a Japanese. It's, it's definitely they, it, unless Saskatchewan has its own sauce. May, they probably do too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got. We have to Google that. Another thing to look up. Or, yeah, uh-huh. I, it's either a province or a city. Now I'm, I'm not sure, but it's definitely in Canada. I, I think it is a province. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It doesn't even sound like a Canadian word. I, well, yeah, I think it's the indigenous name of that. Area. Oh, Native, Native American, mm-hmm. or or Canadian Indian, right? Canadian Indian is that a thing? Ah, uh, yeah, or indigenous first first people of Canada, maybe. But you know how we say American Indian? You mean Canadian? Canadian Indian? 
Ah, uh, it might be. Well, you, Thomas, you, you probably know Canindian. that. You're closer to that. Canindian. Canindian. <laughs> You know, we might be offending a lot of people right now. We're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of letters for this one. We're gonna, we're gonna get a lot of letters for this one, Thomas. <laughs> we don't have any letters yet, so we haven't had Thomas, are, are, are you no fan mail? <laughs> is your is your heritage part Native American or no? I like maybe like point oh something percent. Oh, okay, of it. I mean I know you're from Idaho. Oh, yeah, well like, people, but well, like, my mom is indigenous. Like, uh, oh, your mom is. Oh, okay, from the Philippines. You can be indigenous from other countries. In Massachusetts. My dad is indigenous no. from West Africa, but he oh, wow. ended up in, you know, his relatives ended up here in the United States due to some, some pretty, uh, really, really bad immigration practices back in the, uh, I'd say, I'd probably have to say, I don't even know how far back. I wish I knew. That's the problem with having any West African roots in the United States more than three generations back. You have no idea how they got here. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Thomas is the Elizabeth Warren of saxophone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to his Native American percentage. Yeah, well, he's Thomas is he, Thomas is a genius, and there's no question, right, Thomas? I don't even know if I I should even agree with that because all I do is just kind of like think of stuff and then try to see it through. <laughs> hey, I don't know if that counts you as a genius have or, it like that, or like somebody, somebody that like. Uh, is just Sounds diligent. like a genius to me. I would call myself diligent before I'd say. Well, genius. that's another topic. Uh, talent versus hard work, huh? Yeah, and and like hard work with you know, like the honor of the work, honoring the work instead of honoring the outcome. You know, the process. Yeah, I'm more into the processes of things. I'm a process person. With a talent, there's always the hard work, right? It's just whether or not the artist is doing it or other people are doing oh, yeah, it totally. for the artist, right? Yeah. I think the artist inevitably has to do the hard work or else it won't come off. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or someone who's really behind them that's like a parent or someone that's getting them there to where they have to be. But the artist is still the one that has to open their mouth or sure. play their instrument. Yep. You know, that. It doesn't matter what support if the artist ain't into it. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like what's my call it? It's like that Bugs Bunny cartoon with uh, that old cartoon with the uh, singing frog and the guy. He like I talk about this all the time. I always the, tell people about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first thing like, I bring up like when someone says, "Oh, you." Ass off in front of the guy, and the guy brings up from an audience. Yeah. And he, and he doesn't do anything. So you know. You know, so it doesn't matter how much support the frog gets, but if the frog ain't gonna open his mouth, you know, if you're not gonna put the work in, you know, it's not gonna be noticed. So it's it's all it's all in the artist's hands. At the end of the day, you gotta bring it, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you want to start this thing off? Oh, I thought we already started. We are. I mean, I mean, just the part about where I we're talking we already, about, Mike. I thought we you were already recording. And, no, no, and like, we are. We're, we're totally recording. I was just setting some. Right now, right? I was just yeah. setting some levels. Oh, nice. We're not naked right now, by the way. Are, are you guys naked? I know no. I'm in a different place. We're no. in our. We're actually in our costumes for the uh, Halloween party we're heading to later. Oh, what are you wearing? Uh, I'm dressed up as uh, Ali from um, Stars Born right now, and Thomas, what are you dressed up as? I can't really see. He's over there. He's switching um, outfits. <laughs> it's probably hard to tell, but I'm Captain Caveman. Oh yeah, there, of course. Some people think You're Captain Caveman. Some people think I'm cousin. We're not it. like together though, so Sometimes he's going to go. I'm with... cousin it, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I wonder, I wonder how many people are dressing their pets up this Halloween season. And what's the most? What's going to be the most popular pet Halloween costume? I always feel so bad for those pets. Yeah. Well, if they're getting the attention, though. Yeah. And it's not hot, and it's you know they're not getting too hot in their costume. My favorite is always when someone dresses their dog as a spider. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Or a lobster. Oh, I, I saw a lobster costume on a dog, and I was just like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just see that and I'm like, okay, yeah. You want your dog boiled and served up in garlic and butter. <laughs> so, all right, so 
son, buddy, has a release party coming up. Yeah, Mike, uh, we're with Mike Rocket. You're real he's, nice being here, John yeah. and Thomas. He's the hardest, known as the, one of the hardest working uh, performers in in New York City. You see him everywhere. You see him on the Today Show. Where else have you been? Where else have you You go to a lot of festivals and show up? Yeah, that's one thing, I guess. Yeah, the festivals, playing outside of festivals, like the Firefly Festival, Governor Ball, Panorama. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And uh, like some concerts like that are local, like the Meadowlands, Bonjovi Bruce. Formally <laughs> invited to play at the Firefly Festival? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. two years ago, after like four years of playing outside, they gave me an official slot, like the same, like we're in Florence with Florence and the Machine, Fetty Wap, and Death Cab for Cutie, Mumford, Mumford and Sons, um, and uh, a couple other, you know, well known bands. Man, that's amazing. Awesome. Kings of Leon. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Kings of Leon, they got that Sex on Fire song. Yes. That's pretty popular mm. at parties I play. I like you, somebody. Horny horny 20-year-old parties. Right, probably. Yeah. <laughs> not in the bat mitzvah I played last night. <laughs> not, not the bat mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were, they were more into the uh, the Backstreet Boys. Or, or really? BTS, right? Yeah. Yeah. That song, yeah. Well, it's girl, you know, it's girls. I have no idea, man. And they all do this this weird dance where they like. It's called. There's 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 three main dances right now. I've I've been made privy to. Well, two I've already been made privy to is the uh, flossing, and the uh, the kick with the um, the uh, head hand pump, the fist pump with the kick. But then there's another one called Orange Justice. Which is, you kind of—it's almost like—it's it's like a—I want to say it's like a, a cooler version of the Macarena, like a. a, a, a they were doing a that. They were doing that hand pump thing last night like crazy. The hand pump yeah. like thing. I was trying to do well, it. I, got, I did it for like five seconds. Orange Justice at this wedding last night. Sweating. I got to learn that thing. I got to find out what's called. I think it's called the Billy Dance or something like that. These kids are getting creative with the names now. It sounds like an anime character. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Do the and they, they have like the coaches too on the dance floor, right? Like they have to help coaches them, there like, to help there's, them get out if they're too. There's shy, usually like, like really, really good-looking, like sexy girls at these things, like wearing like spandex pants and tight t-shirts. And I'm like, what are, are these? But the are these are dancers the for the kids, or are these and for the parents? Maybe both. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There's this element of the. I was at a bat mitzvah. There's this element of like, you know, the girls turning thirteen. So there's there's like this little small element of like, coming into their sexuality happening. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I'm. You're sitting there, and you're like, okay. These kids are, are mad. They they know everything. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and the and songs they're playing are all these hip hop. They, they they're dancing and partying to hip hop songs that you hear at like the the hottest nightclub in Twenty One and Over in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. And they're thirteen, talking all nasty and, and yes, yeah. yes. It's like they're listening to like Drake and uh, Lil Yachty, and you're just like, <laughs> what? And Cardi B. And, and you're yep. like, these are 13 year old kids, man. And they're dancing you know, I, I, like you know, the dances I, I, in I, I those videos. It's amazing. I think how we can be critical, but I remember. I don't care. I, I'm not being critical. It, it, I'm, it, I'm, it I'm observing. I am what we were growing up. You know, that's that's the only difference. I'm like, I'm just a silent observer on the saxophone trying to accompany a DJ. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, who who's the character in Tropic Thunder? I'm just a guy playing a guy, <laughs> playing a guy. Are you, ta- are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Robert Downey? Yeah. I'm just a dude playing a guy trying to be somebody. <laughs> I love that character. He so, stays so in character for the character. for the comments, for the DVD commentary. It's so funny. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. You got to see the DVD commentary for Tropic Thunder. It's like ridiculous. Well, so you got this song coming out. It's called Princess of New Jersey. Yes. And uh, you wrote it for your girlfriend at the time. Or actually, someone that you met that became your girlfriend, and then now she's my wife. Now she's, she's your wife. wife. You're married to her now, wow. so the song works. And uh, but it, it's, <laughs> yes, and, the and, song and works. We're everybody. hoping this time that it's gonna really, it's gonna be the hit that it's supposed to be. Right, I'm Thomas? feeling you. 
Feeling it? Yeah, I've heard the few, a few of the versions. That's why I got together with Mike. I ran into him at a, a really great open mic up on, uh, is it 84th in Columbus? Is that where you ran into me or the Grammy? Well, yeah. I, I saw you at the Grammys uh, this year, but I, I then ran into you again at the uh, at the Prohibition? At that Prohibition open mic. Yeah. And we started talking about re-recording the song, and then it actually happened. Like within... Actually, no, it's the other way around. I saw you at the Grammys and we talked about it. And then I started running into you at, o- at Prohibition. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, then, then we, no, we started mic? in March. March, yeah. What is yeah. It? So when is uh, the open mic? It's every Monday. Monday at 7? Yeah, no, you sign up at, at, at like 8-ish. It starts at okay. 9, 9 to 12. Okay. And it's uh, Swang from it's the, really short. Sly it's, and the Family Stone. Right. His I, I swang I swang I from Fla- Sly and the Family I Stone. Him, yeah. I can't believe we actually get to say that. And he's, he's I've known Swang when he was just in Days of Wild. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But he, he he now hires me, you know, like for parties and stuff too, so... Swing's dope. I love that too. Oh, and he just what married Frederica too. Yeah, he I married know. the violinist. Is that a coincidence? She's Frederica played with me. Uh, Prior, I think her last name. Yeah, is. she's. How do you know Frederica? Years. I met her for the first time this past week. Frederica, I met man probably at. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. At at uh, it was probably the the bitter end jam. Oh That's yeah, I met, I, I met her like 2010ish, and then she or, played with me at the Selman Hall. Or maybe I met her when she she used to play a little bit with uh, Guy Osius and his band. You know, Guy Osius, the drummer. He has a band called Days I, of Wild. It's a Prince tribute. Oh wow! And they used to play at the Bitter End like quite a bit. And uh, I think she was sort of just one of the people that was there Play, playing violin, right? Playing violin. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird, it was an interesting band because it would be like horns. Uh, this guy named Stefan would sing, guy who was just playing drums, and I think Brett Bass or Ivan Bodley would be playing bass, and then it's like a host of different guitar players. Uh, and then it started turning into like, he, he would have like tap dancers show up, and then he got like these Asian girls, these Japanese girls started showing up and just dancing on stage, and it started to turn into, uh, I don't know how we got back here, but it turned into a novelty act. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, I don't think they that's would ever true. make it on America's Got Talent. I don't think they're. I think they'd get. They. They you know, probably would do well on America's Got Talent. I don't know because they don't really have a show per se, unless breaking know. it down to a dancer is considered a show. Sure. Why not? Plenty of dancers. Well, the girl that does it's like super flexible. We'll get off topic though. Yeah. My man's got. Princess of New Jersey. Princess of New Jersey. I just gave out some drop. flyers. I had a gig Friday, and I passed some drop, flyers out. Oh, nice. already? Or, or, uh, it's uh, coming out on November 26th is the date that we're going to submit for. I'm going to uh, submit submit, submit it today. I, I submit, like, when I do song releases, I have a contract with The Orchard, and I set it all up, and then I, he's gonna, we're going to look at it together. And today we're actually going to process it and submit it through so that they'll be able to start their distribution process. It takes about four to six weeks, so we want to try to meet the deadline. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you cool. know, they have to, like, send it out to, like, all the different music uh, streaming and, and retail distributors that do, you know, digital sales and streaming, so. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, should, I should work with you on one of these songs. Yeah, any yeah. song you want to, man. You, you name, the, name the song, and we'll, we'll work it out and send it out. So, so when, when is this, where is the show on the 26th? It's at City Winery uh, on Varick Street in the loft at City Winery. And um, what time? It, it's doors open at six, and then there's a cover band going on the stuff, and then uh, then we're going to go on, and then another Thomas's uh, artist, Leah Alonzo, she's going to go on at like nine, and then Murder and the Bulldog at like ten. Murder and the Bulldog, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, they actually um, they work uh, with uh, promoters from Niall Rogers oh, okay. uh, camp. Okay. And, oh, uh, nice. Man, who hasn't had something that's been connected to Nile Rogers in the music industry? Right. I know. I, uh, I used to play with Gavin DeGraw, ever. and he was Jeez. like, he used to come to see the gigs all the time at that's Wilson's. That's amazing. He even did, a, uh, I think, an unplugged album of Gavin, you know, before he got signed um, by Clive Davis to, uh, I think it was J Records. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Nile Rogers? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he... Uh, he saw the talent that, that Gavin had, you know, way back when, before he, you know, this was like in 99, maybe 98. Oh, okay, wow. About 20 cool. years ago. Yeah, and, I know uh, uh, Brandon is on tour with him right now. 
Yeah, Brandon. Gosh, what's that cat's last name? Right, right. right. Brandon Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a really great tenor player. Yeah, yeah. But what else? Uh, who else is performing? There's someone else performing. Well, well, the stuff goes on at, at seven. The and stuff. Then, yeah, and they're they're, they're going to play covers like classic yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun night. You're totally Definitely. invited, John. Yeah, you should what come. Happened? John, John is invited. Yep. Oh, thanks, guys. You can even bring your tutu. Oh, and Thomas, we're going to use that design on the wine. They actually sell wine there. Okay. With the logo and like the artist gets a percentage or, or you what? Get a, or we may actually I may which donate, design donate the one that you I think the one that you really made. that's gonna, awesome yeah we're gonna have that because it's like good for the red wine that's fantastic too. I'd yeah, love to be able to say I made a wine label yeah oh yeah we're gonna do that that's hot and spicy I think that's one of the things they do there with the artists is like instead they try of to... they sell like the, the wine I love that I'm artists. all about sustainable yeah you know practices with business and keeping humans organically alive you know nice. tell yeah, us about totally. um tell us about how you got started in music what was your first gig wow my first gig do you I, remember i don't even know if i remember probably um some place in philly getting up with another band um like okay. late 90s and um uh so yeah um but 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 i i mean first got me into music is when i went to a summer camp and uh this guy's name was brad hammer he played guitar and played bruce and um that's who i really got probably my biggest influence and then by strange coincidence um people started to begin telling me that i actually resembled and looked like bruce (laughs) so that's a big part of my whole going into the music um in, into uh, becoming a musician, um, I guess, and um, growing up playing ice hockey—that was a big, big part of my life. But then, just oh, you know, obviously that's not a permanent thing. In music, you can play your whole life. So, um, yeah, getting in, starting doing Bruce covers, um, and then I was just like, hey, let me try writing some of my own songs. So, um. Uh, that was a big thing, and and this song ties a lot into it, uh, the Princess of New Jersey, because it is in, inspired by a, a Bruce Springsteen song, and um, and I actually got to meet Bruce at the Light of Day concert at Stone Pony. I, I've actually now got to be on stage with him a few times there that he, he does in Asbury Park every couple, you know, every few years on and off at the Parkinson's Light of Day down in Asbury Park. And um, but Bruce. one of the, one of the times I said, uh, yes, yeah, this, this is a song, Princess of New Jersey, Bruce, and um, and here she is. This is the Princess of New Jersey, and he's like, hey, Princess, and um, and I said, <laughs> I said, Bruce, I took one of your songs called Mary Queen of Arkansas, and I took off a little bit weight and made it a little less depressing and turned it into the Princess of New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. What do you say to that? Well, at that point, uh, Patty was like pulling him back, like Bruce, you got to get going now, and. Um, so I didn't really get to hear much feedback on that, but I, he was. It was cool that he said, "Hey, princess!" Like um, that was like really, really, really. Uh, I'll always remember that. That was so cool. And um, so um, Bruce has, has, you know, my biggest influence in music, and it's just weird that the, the people telling me the resemblance that I've had through music and um. And it's been, an, uh, you know, kind of a double-edged sword with that because sometimes you get, you don't get respected. It's sort of like being an Elvis impersonator who wants to do his own song sometimes. But at other times it does help. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm, it's at a point now where it's like now Mike Rocket is, uh, you know, that that people are going to not see the uh, the Bruce in me and just see the... Uh, see me as an original artist with his own sound which i think we've gotten right thomas oh yeah we got a really great sound he played all the instruments on this except for saxophone i played the saxophone i I wanted to play the drums too but i'm the featured saxophonist on the track (laughs) by the way (laughs) yeah and because there wasn't another one i wanted him to play more like i wanted him to play like a really long long like epic but he, yeah, what he did, did what he met, did in the time that he did was is, we did is a pop thing probably it was like one of 16 bars. one of my favorite solos now it's become one of my favorite saxophone yeah it just solos. builds up it's to awesome. a really high note you know, yeah typical pop soloing yeah so it's 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 just great to have him. and Thomas has known me for a while we've done shows yeah together it kind of gave me a, a better uh, like a feel for what direction to take the song and so how it should sound we kind of took like a 
uh, a beat similar to um, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Yeah. And put, you know, Mike played bass over it, then played guitar. Then he was like, I want to I want to add organs. So then we added an organ part. Where he actually played this really nice... Um, Pink Floyd style. Yeah, thingy. sort of Pink Floyd-y <laughs> thing. And, well, you know, cool. it's got a nice vibe to it, I think. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and, and I, I, that's the first time where I've, where I've, like, I never, I never imagined I'd be able to do this, but playing all these, you know, the bass and the guitars, uh, doing all that, and 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 um, organ and keys, uh, like, it's just so. Fulfilling it only took to like I'd say about five thousand hours of editing to get it to sound, <laughs> you know, like well, a human being played it. Yes. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and my vocals, we had to, we did it. We started in March. Five, five more, and you'll be an expert. When, we started in March when I had a cold singing, and oh I was like, Thomas, you know what? I gotta I have to sing this again. So and then I just no. Well, we had all we had to do really was just, um, you know, Mike is a working man's vocalist. Yes. You know, he's like the typical musician that works during the day that tries to get their music out on weekends and at night, and so. When we came into the studio, he had a cold because he's spending a lot of time working and like spending all of his energy. He's a teacher. Sometimes having to raise my voice. So he spends a lot of time shouting at kids. So he came in. Just to be above them, just to speak about them. Not shouting at them, but But just just, being audible. I didn't say whether the shouting was uh, (laughs) negative or not. I mean, um, shouting with kids. Yes. And getting you know, and getting their attention. So so when he came in his voice wasn't perfect, but I thought it sounded cool because it was a little raspy and hoarse, but he came in and he laid down the track again. Uh new a new lead vocal that sounds fantastic. Nice. It's the best oh, thanks, singing Thomas. I've ever heard. Thank you. From uh from you, from my heart. That's oh, some of the best singing I've heard from I, you. I I appreciate Thomas because yeah, I mean I've always kind of done like I, the music, I always get the music, but then for whatever reason, my vocals, my lyrics, like it's like I never know what to do with them. And then it's only been till recently where it's like, you know what, I got to think musically and pitch and all that. And yeah, I'm trying sure. something that I've been really trying to do over the last year for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're pretty high energy nice. on stage, too. So, I mean, I mean, like sometimes I played in a band called the Niagara's for years, and they're kind of like a show, sort of like a comedy art rock band, I guess I would say. Almost like. Um, like like cake oh I like with cake. like an element of like uh improv comedy nice so oh. they they did a lot of like you know this guy would like you know you have a, a bar called mondo connie with just like tables of candles everywhere and people with drinks on them just just scrunched into this little tiny club and he would like jump onto their table spill wax and beer everywhere people would go nuts and love it and um you know so, some bars didn't go for that so they would freak out and then they would ban him are we talking about the guy from cake or me oh no <laughs> i'm talking about the guy from the niagara's oh, Niagara's. but uh okay. i know that and i'm bringing it up because I, I know that you've been banned from a few clubs because of some of the raucous activity uh, yeah and sometimes the banning you know just for like a year or two and then they forget about it but um yeah, actually, that did kind of stink last year. Did you? You didn't play with us last year at the Bitter End because it was my first show back there in a while. Oh, really? And um, and you know, I stepped on the bar like I had done before because we had some pretty rock and. You shows stepped on there. the bars and you you uh, actually just a table that was broken. Up the table, a broken and it table. Slid and almost you, knocked you the back of my head out, and like I slid down it. And they came up to me and were like, you know, how's the table? I'm like, I think the table is, will be all right. But I think I just banged my head and seriously hurt myself. And they, they didn't seem to really you care. You are what's called a liability <laughs> yes. when that happens. Yes. Because if someone gets hurt in the bar, all right. they'll sue the bar. And then they'll <laughs> maybe come for you. The bar will maybe come for you. But that's why, they're, that's why they worry about that stuff. I used to not be like that. I used to actually get hired to go and walk around on the bar at Kenny's Castaways. Oh, wow. Pat Kenny would be like, here's a hundred bucks. Thomas, get up on the bar and walk back and forth and play your saxophone. (laughs) And I'd be like, really? And he'd be like, yes. And I just would be like... Show me the money <laughs> and jump on stage. That bar so, I've been on to, yeah, he approved yeah, it when I jumped on yeah, there. Yeah, also. he loved it. That's one time I slipped and you bumped know, in the ball. They don't make club owners like that anymore because the rent is so high that they uh-huh. and and people are so. I don't know what it is. There's this level of sensitivity that started to yeah, people are more creep into now. society where people like are, are worried about you know getting uh, candle wax and beer on their clothes that are just <laughs> temporary. 
Right. You know, it's like but, you know, you know what? I'll buy you another pair of pants. Yeah. You know. But but that's <laughs> one thing that I that I. Uh, you know, Thomas, one thing that was like when, when it is live, you can have an advantage where it is more of a visual than it is the actual music that you're listening to. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like and... as a as a working musician, those notes, um, I just read something that Michael Brecker said. Like a, oh, Michael Brecker. Yeah, yeah. From really my, great saxophone. My hometown. I'm from the same hometown. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So he, he said something really cool. He said, don't worry about rhythm more than notes because rhythm lasts the whole gig. If you have bad time, bad rhythm... That lasts the whole gig, but a wrong note only lasts for that length oh, of the note. Oh, that's interesting! Wow, yeah. wow, that's really yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, but yeah, uh, so getting to all this, what we're talking about is, I feel myself as an an actor who is trying to be the musician, like as, as David Bowie would say, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an I'm an actor in a musician's body, and 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 I just love being on the stage and in front of uh people and and making a difference to people whether i'm giving them a message or just reaching out to them and getting their um you know affection it just it's a that's the best feeling like that's that's why i do thomas that's why i do what i do it's just there's no better high at least that i know of. i'm not really a, a one of those people that experiment with with drugs but um you know, there's nothing better than, than being high on music. Yeah, and and just being having the center that of feeling. that affection, like you're on there, and they're listening to what you have to say, and and it's like it's sort of like in the classroom, but it's like better because you can do what you want without anyone telling you. Get your you, own, um, like you're doing it. You get right you get your, your your like self fulfillment from the oh yeah feedback it's, from it's the live the audience. Oh yeah, it's the best. I think everyone everyone that performs gets addicted to that. Yeah. There's things called uh, addictive emotional experiences. Yes, that you 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 try to recreate that feeling of whatever that whatever that experience is, or whatever the decisions are that lead to that experience. Which for us is that being on stage and being accepted and and being, um, I don't know, sort of like this affirmation that what you're doing is meaningful yeah. from the audience. You know that they <clears throat> yeah that they like they like accept you and that you're not you're now like. You're giving something back to society right. on a larger level, yeah. expressing the universe, yeah. letting the universe know that you're here, you know, being the voice of the universe, being the hands and eyes, singing that song. Trees can't sing, uh, you know, buildings can't sing, even a beautiful piece of art can't sing, but we can express that for them. We can see yeah. something, we can experience something and sing it out or play it out and be like... Uh, the voice of that experience. So right. Yeah, it's beautiful and, that you can that you share that with, you know, you share that with your audiences. And it's permanent, like, and music so never deep. dies. So music is permanent, like forever, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it sure does, especially nowadays with the digital stuff. Yeah. You know, there's people recording they, uh, garage band until, and, until some Armageddon event happens that wipes out all digital yeah. players. So we'll have to get, we'll have <laughs> to get right. it on some spaceships. That's right. The, apop- the apocalyptic, uh, what do they call those things? Electromagnetic pulse? Oh, e- e- EMPs. The EMP, the apocalyptic EMP that will hit yeah. Earth and, yeah, and cause all digital data to disappear. Yeah, exactly. So that everybody just starts from scratch yeah. again. <laughs> just like, oh my God, every recording of everything ever? Yeah, unless it's on vinyl. Right, exactly. Or, uh, tape would be gone. Right. Yeah. Only stuff we have it all left started is the same, And if it all started over again, the same songs would come from different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Rage Against the Machine would be, would be the would Beatles. Be yeah, it would. I think so, right? Inventions. There must be like some analog records of copyright in the Library of Congress or something. Would that, yeah, that wouldn't be affected by the Armageddon. Maybe. I don't. The, I don't know if the, it's digital or not. I think they're, they're digitizing the the the, the um, library intellectual Congress. property. Well, well, well like I, I know, I don't know. I mean, you guys must have this when you register a song with Library of Congress. You have a, a a physical piece of paper that says has a number on it and stuff. Right? Yeah, you? I need to do that on all of mine, Thomas. Yeah, but this song definitely I can say has that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying you have like a physical piece of paper that says it's copyrighted. So yeah, you... now it's all online. You can literally go to the the copyright.gov website and just like plug in your music, plug in everything. Right, but they, they mail it. you a, a physical oh yeah, they copy send you a hard copy. It used to be you'd have yeah. to mail them. I remember back in uh, I think '98 or '97. I recorded a band with these guys called Yo Mama. 
and uh, we I th we made a cassette and mailed it off to get copyrighted, of all things. Nice. But I mean, that was how you did it. And now it's like you literally just upload the song. It takes like less than fifteen minutes or ten minutes, you know, depending on the length of the song, and your your song's copyrighted. Yeah, okay. you know, going back to the why the why aspect, I I always feel that I think it's really easy and simple and easy and simple doesn't always mean that's bad you know i mean uh, sometimes often if it's easy and simple that's that's a good thing yeah i think there's a level there's another level as performers when we really get into the why that go beyond the high and the attention I, and i think it separates it separates like uh, good performers from transcendent performers, mm -hmm. and I, th I think the the why that goes beyond just the usual, this feels good and we're bringing joy to people, is if you have some kind of, I don't know, it's, either, it's either a message, a cause, or a personal chip on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I think those. I think those are the things that really give you an extra edge for the why. Um, you know, and and I think it goes beyond the 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 blanket statement of this feels good. And and because I believe just shoot it. I I, I mean I, I live for attention. I'm a fucking attention whore. <laughs> but I I I you know I, I try to strive for it. You know, in terms of my why, <clears throat> I think about, you know, and, and maybe this is pretentious. Maybe it's, maybe not everyone else feels this way or so that feels that it's needed. But I feel like what gives you an edge to get over in a bigger way, uh, that, not, that I think the most important people will feel is when you really think about the large breath of where it is to be alive hmm. and, and and you take all that into account and what and what's your reason for that where, where's your place in this you know being super conscious of, of being a small dot in this realm of universal existence and saying your piece like your life depends on it i mm -hmm. think there needs to be a sense of urgency for your why you're fading cool. out a little bit. Huh? You're fading out a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I think sometimes... No, we're, I mean, like, audio-wise, not, you know, volume-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I know. I don't know why. Maybe oh. plain. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't really moved. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I, I think a sense of urgency is, is... Helps you... I don't know, it helps me become a better performer. And, and I think... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, we have to really dig, and I think every, anybody's capable of it. It's just a matter of digging deep, and you don't even, you don't even have to say what it is, but you have to know what that urgency is. Yeah, of what ma makes you you. As oh, I agree. Right. You know? That's interesting, you know, because um, sometimes I make the mistake of, like, you never see on a piece of music play with urgency. <laughs> but you're expected to right you know yeah so sure. you would never communicate that to a musician it's sort of like something that's innate in people that are already great musicians they they're already very warm or or like you know know how to be so that when it's time to be urgent and to have that message that feels like it's happening in the moment that it is because it's it's authentic and genuine from there Whatever, wherever they're getting it from is coming in the moment and not like, you know, being recycled or anything. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, because I think about the why a lot. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things I find as a performer where you kind of get this haughty idea that you can change the world with what you do. You know, that's, that's pretty pretty freaking egocentric you can change your immediate world 
Right. Well, but and that maybe might be like could, a butterfly maybe you could change effect. change the whole world, you know? but it, it's like this thing between. It's like believing you have something important to say, and that everyone should hear it. But then, on another level, realizing that you could be totally full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? And then, and then, like being able to laugh at the absurdity of all of it, of how. You know, how important is the abstract? How important are symbols that we employ when we perform versus, uh, you know, the reality of, of what people go through in their everyday lives? And, yeah, we, we provide an escape for people, you know, whether that's, you know, um, whether that's through making them laugh or, or making them cry or making them, uh, you know, using us as a uh, as a what's it called as a surrogate to uh, express what they're feeling, you know, but I, I think at the end of the day, I think about, it, and this is what I've been doing in my, in, in my writing, you know, one of the things I, I've been working on, one of the key phrases I put in my book is that as artists, I think the biggest why that we have as artists is that we are the gatekeepers of the shared ritual. Huh? Interesting. And, and I mean that in the sense that we bring people together to experience something uh, that has no value in the sense of putting money in their pocket or creating a physical thing that's going to help them day to day. But in the, the ritual of just bringing people together and sharing experience of feeling is as valuable as any of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, 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 that, if you can figure out what are you bringing to the table as a gatekeeper of a shared ritual, th then I think, I think you found your why. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Or you can just keep asking yourself why you're doing this. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> Until that's, you get to the, the root of it. You know, I, I recently yeah. worked with, yeah. um, uh, a, a person named Emelina Pedigo from oh, yeah, a company Emelina. called um, show, goes on. show Goes On Productions, right? So she's really good at finding out your why. So we've been working on that for me, and it's been really great. Because basically you just keep asking why you do something, and then uh, when you answer, you just say why again until you get to the real, f like the fundamental reason that you're doing things, you know? And, and, yeah. and I think it's cool when that reason is totally selfish. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it has to be. It has to be. It, has it, to be. it definitely has to be a level of selfishness. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot. Because then I it won't. Otherwise, not many artists will cop to that. Yeah. Know? Otherwise, it won't be motivated by your your needs. It's will be motivated by someone else's, and you can't succeed right. being someone else. Totally. If you do, then that's that's so temporary. Right. Because eventually, you have to return and be, be, become yourself again. So, you know. So we, we are going to little. hear <laughs> Mike the Rockets Y on November 26th. <laughs> That's right. 6 p.m. Right. doors. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, at City Winery, people. That's right. That's I am, right. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, very optimistically that that is going to be the night that really makes me a musician on the map and a, oh, an cool. artist. That, um, very cool. That maybe I'm That's no, exciting, no bro. longer That's the really freaking exciting. Maybe that in the horizon will be the day that I'm no longer the teacher by day, <laughs> and the and that I really can take my music on the road. Well, and when you're a musician, and, you're always an educator. That's you're true. Always... No, when I do that through my yeah, yeah. through my music, several yeah. of my songs, and um, so uh, I just yeah, I think that there's a light of a tunnel of a. Uh, you know, because teaching is, I, I like doing that too, but in, in, in our world, at least on our hemisphere of the world, uh, in certain places close by, it's very tough to do it the way they want to do it. So, um, and uh, it's, that gets frustrating, but music, you can, you can really, as you were saying, you can, you can have a song that makes a difference possibly to the world and um, that could go on for years and years and years, you know, and, um, and that's just makes it's just something that that that, that you want to that gives you so much to look forward to and that gives so much meaning to your life if as an artist if you do that at least in my the way i see it so yeah. um 
Yeah. No, I think with Thomas is going to be the beginning of something really awesome, and that, that this song I really think could catch, especially to start at just as a song for all the people in New Jersey. There was, you know, there's <laughs> a song uh, by Tom Waits wrote that Bruce made. Uh, somewhat famous, at least famous in New Jersey, very famous uh, Jersey girl. But Tom Waits had, a, you, oh, know, okay. you know, you know Tom Waits's version. Oh, yeah. And I think that this, I'm hoping that maybe this could be another Jersey girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a big That's fan awesome. of Tom Waits' Bone awesome. Machine. Yeah, yeah, Bone Machine is a good album. Uh, he's another, he's another character in the music industry yes. that's you know unique, definitely and, uh, self-defined. Yes, you know, you get that's another person that chose to be as much of themselves as possible yes and in, and they win you win when you when you commit to whatever your thing is like lady gaga she committed to what her right thing is. right and michael jackson committed to his this is me you know this is how i express myself you know? Amen. yeah i think that is really the key like and this reminds me a few years ago that video i sent you thomas with when i finally got to uh, hand my music to the you know the arguably the biggest guy in music for the longest amount of time, Clive Davis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and he, it was such a cool uh, instance where I told him what I was doing, starting as a Bruce uh, tribute act, and now I have my own stuff, and you got to check it out. And um, and uh, he said, he introduced me that night, and some other artists got on the microphone, it was like a Q&A thing, and they're like, what do you have to do? And he, this is just like one of the coolest experiences in music that I've had to date. Uh, he said... You know, as Mike Rocket points it out, hard work, tenacity, and belief, and you just keep doing it. And that that has really been sticking with me over the last four or five years since mm-hmm. when I met him. And, um, and I think there's really something in anything to that, the tenacity. Like, you just have, if you just, it's a, like a Forrest Gump type of effect, where, yeah. like, you just do it. It's like, why, wait, why are you doing this? Are you doing this for, for world peace, to make money? What's, what's your reason? I think, like, if you do it, at first people are like, this is, maybe you're a little bit nuts. Why are you doing this? You're yeah. doing this. But if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, then people are eventually like, they're like, yeah, I, I, I get it. All right, I want, I want in. Yeah. You find your <laughs> tribe because there's people with common interests. Yeah. It doesn't uh, matter American dream. how unique you are. There's eight. How many billions of people on Earth? Eight? Uh, close to eight seven, billion people. Something yeah. like that? Close to eight billion. So even if 1% of those people are into your shit. Yeah, then that's, that's, like that's amazing. That's like 800 million people. Yeah. Totally. So, Guys, i I, I got to get going. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yo, Mike, best of luck, bro. Thanks so much, John. Real nice meeting you today. Thanks for spending some time with us, Yeah, Mike. I really appreciate it. And I'll totally come out if I'm, if I'm not doing a bar mitzvah or something. <laughs> nice. Well, it's, awesome. a, it's a Monday, so yeah. you'll be you'll be able to make Monday, it. November twenty sixth. Oh, right, cool, cool. Monday, Monday, the Monday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Monday, November twenty sixth. All right, guys. Well, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Me too. Take care. Thanks so much. Racing in the street, drive all night, and for you I would. The name is Meredith, though you prefer Missy. So Missy, are you? Princess of New Jersey you were Waiting for me when I got off Meadowlands parking lot state Over to me I couldn't believe What you said You said you no knew I was a newspaper And the boardwalk for a while But I just couldn't stop staring at those eyes And that smile are you the princess of New Jersey? And if so, could I be the prince? I don't know if I can be who you really want me to be. But just think about you and me. Show up to my gig next night. Kenny's on Bleecker Street Singing to you while you were sitting there in your seat Looking down at you from high upon the stage Feeling my life had turned a new page Those two days and nights with you seem like one of those short, vivid dreams of those dreams you wished would never end Although I was back home away from you I wished I was still there So Missy, can I see you again When and where 